This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and we have a good show for you guys today. Unfortunately, though, a lot of the show revolves around the COVID-19 pandemic. Similar to how most of the world has revolved around the COVID-19 pandemic since last March of 2020. But a lot of issues this week in every major sports league with COVID-19 and the Omicron variant. And it's starting to affect people's opinions, namely mine, on certain things coming up on the NHL calendar. So we'll get into that in segment two after, of course, starting off how I usually like to start off most of these shows with a coast-to-coast segment. Plenty of milestones being reached by some of the NHL's elite this week. We'll discuss that in just a few moments. But like I mentioned, second segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the Olympics. You know, I was going to try to keep this kind of as a surprise for whenever you get there. But no, we're going to talk about the Olympics and there's going to be a tough pill to swallow for a lot of you out there. And it was a tough pill to swallow for me as well. So I'm not going to lie about that. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about world juniors, which is coming up on the calendar in just under 10 days. The excitement is building around the world junior championship. And then of course we'll end this episode. Like we end every Friday episode of the hockey hotbed with our hockey hotbed, three stars of the week. But let's get it all started coast to coast from west to east across the National Hockey League. All the top stories, all the top storylines. We're going to discuss that all right here in segment number one. And the majority of the news this week, if it's not related to COVID, which we'll get to in a minute, it's been milestones. And it's been milestones for some of the biggest names in all of hockey. On Thursday evening, Steven Stamkos. He hit the 900 career points mark, so congratulations to Steven Stamkos, well on his way to scoring 1,000 points in the National Hockey League, notching career point number 900 on Thursday. There is no doubt in my mind that Steven Stamkos is going to get to the 1,000 game mark. Barring anything miraculous happening or devastating on the other end of it, Steven Stamkos is going to get to 1,000 points in his career and is just going to continue to grab accolades for somebody that, you know, we could have that discussion, is he a future Hall of Famer. I mean, this is a guy that put up 50 goals with ease early on in his career. This is a guy that, although he was snubbed from Team Canada in 2010, is an Olympic gold medalist with Canada. This is a guy that, you know, he's had injuries. He's he's faced adversity, but he has been a very, very dynamic player in the NHL for a long time for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And he's also, you know, back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, two Stanley Cup championship rings. That helps add to the resume. So Steven Stamkos hits career .900 when it's all said and done. I could see him being a Hockey Hall of Famer. I don't think he's first ballot. I don't know if he's going to get in the first three years of his eligibility, especially depending on when that lines up and who he's going to be going up against. But uh, I, I could see Stamkos definitely being a Hockey Hall of Famer. 
Patty Kane, somebody else that there's going to be arguments about. A lot of people think he is a Hockey Hall of Famer already. He gets career assist number 700 on Wednesday against the Washington Capitals in an absolutely ridiculous game. If anybody watched that game, crazy. There was another uh, milestone that happened in that game we'll talk about in just a minute. But Patrick Kane collects his 700th assist in a game against the Washington Capitals on Wednesday night, a game in which Chicago Blackhawks won that game. You know, they have been better. They were historically bad to start the season, especially when you compare it to what everybody expected them to be. Like, nobody expected them to be a world beater. Nobody expected them to be a President's Trophy winner this year. But people expected them to be better, you know, adding Flurry, adding Seth Jones, you know, Kirby Dock taking a step, Alex Dabrinkit just kind of getting into the forefront again, even though last year was an amazing season for him. So people expected a lot out of Chicago. And they definitely did not meet the expectations early in the season. Obviously, they were dealing with some other stuff off the ice. And that was, I mean, their own doing. At least their front office's own doing. We don't know how deep that goes. And that is, of course, the whole Kyle Beach situation. So it has been, obviously, the start of the season was disastrous for the Blackhawks on and off the ice. Deservedly so off the ice, on the ice. They just struggled. But they've been turning around lately. A nice win there on Wednesday against one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League, the Washington Capitals. Chicago scored three goals in 34 seconds in that game. That put them up 3-1. to one. They were down 1 to nothing. So amazing how quick they were able to strike there. How the, how, amazing how their offense is not completely inept, which is what we thought at some points. Now their defense still not great. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's starting to get better. Obviously, he gets career win number 500. We talked about that on a previous episode. But Patty Kane picks up an assist in one of those three goals. The Blackhawks end up winning that game, even though it was tied up in the final minute of regulation with Ovi passing it to Connor Sherry. And Ovi, speaking of, yeah, that was his assist, but he scored a goal to open up the game. His goal came on the power play where he breaks... The NHL's power play record on Wednesday at Chicago ties Dave Andrichuk. I should say he didn't break it. He tied Dave Andrichuk with his 274th power play goal. When you think of Alex Ovechkin, obviously icon, hockey superstar, face of the league, one of the faces of the league, I should say, Stanley Cup champion, absolute stud, chasing Wayne Gretzky in the goal record, But when you think of Alex Ovechkin, the one major thing that you think of, because he's done it, I would imagine at least 200 of those 274 power play goals, and that might be a little over-exaggerating, but at least 200 have come from the same spot. And that is not a knock on Alex Ovechkin. And in fact, I think when people try to knock Alex Ovechkin for scoring from that same spot, I think it's, it's stupid. Because... Why are they going to why are you going to knock a guy if you know it's coming and it still hits 200 times in his career? That just means he's that damn good. So Alex Ovechkin hits a power play goal. It wasn't exactly the same spot, but it was similar to where he usually is at the point on the near boards, but just crazy that you think of Alex Ovechkin, you think of that patented one-timer, that 100-mile-per-hour one-timer that's coming from the top of the freaking zone and it's still nearly impossible for these goalies to catch on to. So congratulations to Alex Ovechkin. He's clearly going to pass that. Now, when he's going to pass that, I don't know. But he's going to pass that probably. I mean, he, he could pass that in the next game easily. Ovechkin, power play goal, 
number 274. So congratulations for him. And the only other milestone that I have on my list here, there might have been other milestones, obviously several first career NHL goals. We won't get into all of those. Another milestone for another superstar, Sidney Crosby. On Tuesday night against the Montreal Canadiens, had two assists, which made for his 400th multi-point game. There are players in the NHL that dream of scoring 400 points, let alone having 400 games where they scored multiple points. So that is absolutely insane. And if it sounds like, oh, that doesn't seem like many people can do that, he's the 14th player in NHL history to hit that mark. So uh, here we are again, Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby making history, collecting records. So it's insane that these two guys, 16 years in their career, are still just absolutely firing on all cylinders. Uh, For Sidney Crosby, that is, when you do the math, regular season-wise, that is multi-point games and 37% of his total games played. That is crazy. Almost 40% of the time that Sidney Crosby plays in a game, he's not going to score just one, but he's going to score at least two points. Now, of course, in those games... There's obviously three-point games, hat tricks, four-point games. He's had five-point games. Uh, if I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I guarantee you he's had a six-point game at some point in his, in his NHL career. So Sidney Crosby, 400 multi-point games, including, of course, the 400th, which was on Tuesday with two assists against the Montreal Canadiens. Pittsburgh Penguins, five wins in a row, their second win streak of five games this season. So it's a... Uh, It's a good year so far for Pittsburgh. It's a good year for Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals. They're playing extremely well. It's a good year. We already talked about Steven Stamkos. The the Tampa Bay Lightning became the second team to 20 wins already this season. So if if you thought they were going to have a Stanley Cup drought or hangover, they did a little bit, but it did not last long, especially when you consider the players they have out. Those teams, highly impressive. And Chicago's starting to turn it around a little bit. So we'll see what happens there. But enough milestone talk. Let's move on and talk about, obviously, the bigger story that has crossed all major sports, not just the NHL, and realistically has crossed the entire world with the COVID-19 pandemic still in full force, kind of catching a second swing here, or a third swing, or a fourth swing, or whichever one we're on now. But uh, COVID with the Omicron variant is sweeping through the sports world. On Monday, specifically, was basically D-Day when it came to, uh, when it came to, I'm blanking really quickly when it came to the COVID-19 pandemic and COVID-19 lists and being taken out of action and games being canceled and fans being told to stay home on Monday in the National Football League, the NFL, 40 players on one day alone were put on the COVID-19 list. There are multiple teams currently with more than a dozen players on that list. And then you look specifically, there are several teams that have eight, nine, 10, they're teams that have over a dozen players currently that were added just this week, just in the last two days, a dozen players that came down and tested positive. You look at the LA Rams, they have lost a lot of players. They shut down their facilities, they shut down their gyms, everything. COVID-19 is just rampaging through the LA Rams locker room. And then you look at the Cleveland Browns, same situation. They have added more than a dozen players since Tuesday to the COVID-19 list. So the NFL is right now getting ravaged by the COVID-19 pandemic. No games being canceled for the NFL, though. No games being canceled as of yet. That's as of right now. The NBA, obviously, 
National Basketball Association in, in North America is dealing with the same exact thing. You have coaches, you have players, you have staff, you have everybody right now coming down with the COVID-19 pandemic, coming down with the Omicron variant, and the NHL is not immune to this, clearly. You know, several games have been canceled this week. We saw uh, an absolute crazy matchup that we were excited for on Tuesday between the Minnesota Wild and the Carolina Hurricanes. That game got canceled. But weirdly enough, both of those teams played on Thursday night. I don't know how that works out. I think, I guess, because they showed that it is a contained outbreak instead of just a non-contained outbreak, which is when the NHL is, is shutting these games down, when it seems like the outbreak is not contained within the organization. So, a lot of games canceled this week. The Montreal Canadiens on Thursday, two hours prior to puck drop, it came out that the city of Quebec requested that they play games without fans in the stands, and of course they appeased because you're not going to really go against it right now. So the Habs, as of right now, no fans in the stands. They played like that against the Philadelphia Flyers on Thursday, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Ottawa Senators because of the province of Ontario are down to 50% capacity as of right now. So we're starting to see things start to shut down. Games are getting canceled. Players are coming down and testing positive. Coaches, training staff, all starting to test positive. The NHL, the NFL, all of these leagues are starting to change their protocols. They're starting to get stricter. The NHL is now going from getting tested, I believe it was either once a week or twice a week, to now back to similar to last season. They're going to be tested every single day. Masks are, again, mandatory inside the training facility. Masks are mandatory at all times for non-players if they're in the area. I believe they're probably going to get more players that are going to have to get their third vaccination, their booster shot. There are certain teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins that all received their booster shot several months ago. So we'll see how this all pans out. But as of right now, COVID is rampaging through professional sports in the National Hockey League, the National Football League, uh, the National Basketball Association, everywhere in North America and across the world, realistically, Omicron is kind of catching on and it's it's starting to grow again. So everybody, obviously, everybody listening to this, you know, be careful, stay healthy, but we're going to start to see this take effect in even bigger ways as time goes on. This has only been since Monday, since this has really started to come full circle and really started to take a really massive effect on all of these sports. So it's been less than a week, so we can only imagine what's going to happen as time progresses here. I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, we're going to talk about how this COVID outbreak and realistically how everything this season is going to affect the Olympics. I'm going to have a take that's going to be a hard pill to swallow for a lot of you. So we'll be right back here on the Hockey Hotbed. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on all the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN 
bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets if they score. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. Obviously, we talked in segment one, the COVID-19 pandemic is starting to ravage its way through the National Hockey League and all of professional sports across North America and across the entire world. So with that in mind, and with everything that has come out in the past two weeks from the Board of Governors meeting, from certain players across the league, I have a tough pill. Tough pill for me to swallow. I didn't I didn't want to have to say this. I didn't want to have this opinion, but I do. A tough pill for a lot of people to swallow, especially the ones that were the most excited about seeing NHL players return to the Olympics in Beijing in 2022. They shouldn't go. <laughs> that's that's the pill right there. They they this should be canceled. Like right now. The sooner the better. They should not be going to the Olympics in 2022. The way that this is all shaping out right now, the landscape of the National Hockey League, the landscape of the world, the NHL players should not be going to the Olympics. Realistically, the Olympics probably shouldn't be happening. I, They really shouldn't, most likely, but at the same time, when it comes specifically to the National Hockey League, they should not be sending their, their professional athletes over there to perform in the Olympics. And that sucks because... I was extremely excited. You know, when it came out that the players were going to fight to go to the Olympics, I was excited because everybody remembers 2010 and the Golden Goal and all those games. Everybody remembers 2014 and how fun it is to watch these guys play for their country, how fun it is for these guys to play for their country, and how much it means to them as well. And we really wanted to see that again, especially with the new superstars in the league, the Austin Matthews, the Connor McDavid's, seeing those guys play alongside you know, the more historic guys in the 2010 and 2014 teams like Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane, or more specifically, Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon and Sidney Crosby and those guys. Everybody wanted to see that happen. And honestly, for the longest time, everybody held out hope and so did I that, you know, they can make it work. They've been able to handle the COVID-19 pandemic this far into the season. There have been minor outbreaks, but at this point now with this week, and we talked about it in segment number one, The amount of players and teams and games that have been canceled, players that have tested positive, teams that have had many, many players test positive and and kind of larger outbreaks, the NHL players should not be going to the Olympics in February. The NHL has a decision to make by January 10th, whether or not they will actually want to pull out as a league. Some players have already said they're not going. And the league, after the Board of Governors meeting, a couple weeks back or a week back, whatever it is at this point, basically came out and stated that, you know, we're not against it. And we're, well, we, they are against it. They are, but they were like, we're not going to shut it down. It's basically going to be the player's decision. So right now the decision is in the hands of the NHL players association, basically. But also from the board of governors meeting, they came out and said, well, Beijing has stated that 
there's going to be a three to five week quarantine if you test positive at the Olympics. Three to five weeks quarantined in a hotel room in China. So, obviously, if that happens, players would miss significant amounts of the NHL regular season. So, already, you're hurting your team. And in very important stretch of the season, because after February, it's going to be what I like to call moving month, which is the end of February to the middle of March. That is when the biggest movement between teams that are going to be in the bubble versus teams that are going to be falling out of contention and teams that are going to be fighting for home ice, teams that are going to be fighting for division championships. That's the major time. Everything up to that point is basically putting yourself in the position to take advantage then. That is the major time. And if you test positive at the Olympics, you're going to be missing a large portion of that important stretch of the NHL season. So that's already huge. Second of all, the NHL right now, is already currently dealing with COVID issues in the States and in Canada. So sending them the whole way over to China on a different continent, there's no way that players are going to avoid it. Even if it is a bubble atmosphere, even if it is an atmosphere where the players are not doing anything but playing and going back to their hotel room, there's going to be players that catch it. And they're going to have to eat this three to five week quarantine. And lastly, I mean, for the players, they're going to be forfeiting their pay. The NHL has already stated that if you miss games due to the COVID-19 pandemic, if you're unvaccinated, you're going to forfeit pay. So uh, basically, Tyler Bertuzzi, the only player in the NHL that is unvaccinated, is forfeiting pay. So I don't know if they're going to want to pay guys that go over to China and get quarantined there because of that. They might have to forfeit their paycheck for whatever games and whatever action they miss. So with all that in mind, I don't think NHL players should be going to China. As much as I'd like to see them, literally, I really want to see these teams be made. I want to see what this Team Canada would look like on the ice. I want to see what Team USA, which would be very good, would look like. I mean, you look at Team Sweden, they're going to be very, very good. Team Finland, all of these teams with these younger superstars that we have never really seen At the Olympic level, most of them not even at the national level other than in world championships, we want to see this. We want to see them at the Olympics. And we obviously all know that those players would like to go as well. With that in mind, I'm not just saying we should not go to the Olympics. And by we, I I keep saying we. I'm not just saying that the NHL should not go to the Olympics. The NHL should also be canceling their All-Star Weekend in Las Las Vegas. Now, this is less likely to actually happen because the NHL is making money off of the All-Star Weekend in Las Vegas. And we don't know where the COVID pandemic and Omicron are going to be at in two months' time, which is basically when that happens. But when you're at the point right now, and it might get better, it might turn around by Christmas, we don't know. But when you're at the point now that you're canceling games, you are not allowing fans in Montreal, your 50% capacity in Toronto and Ottawa, it's starting to affect the bottom line, which might make the NHL more likely to keep the All-Star Weekend on. But if you're looking at a purely, you know, caring about the players and caring about health and not 
spreading COVID-19, the NHL should not have an All-Star weekend because there's going to be representatives from all 32 teams that go there. If there's an outbreak at All-Star weekend and nobody tests positive until they get back to their teams, there's a chance you might have an outbreak across the entire National Hockey League all at once because of the All-Star weekend. So I might be the bearer of bad news. I might be, you know, the Grim Reaper right now saying cancel, not cancel the Olympics, but the NHL shouldn't go to the Olympics. The NHL shouldn't have an all-star weekend. I, I know this is all fun stuff that we're all excited to watch, but the current landscape does not look good in having this. Now, I do have a solution that doesn't fix all the problems, that is not unique to me. Several people have already stated this. The NHL especially if they pull out of the Olympics in 2022, schedule another World Cup. Schedule a World Cup of hockey for August, like they did back in 2016. That gives everybody what they want in terms of rosters. You get to see Team Canada with Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Sidney Crosby, Patrice Bergeron. You get to see Team USA with Austin Matthews and all of these young players, Jack Hughes, Trevor Zegras, possibly. And you get to see international play. The players get to play for their country, albeit not at the Olympics, which is the big majority of the reason why they'd like to go. They want to represent their country at the Olympics. That's a goal. But they still get to represent their country in a tournament. Fans get to see these rosters go head-to-head. And the NHL gets money. It makes up for not having an All-Star Weekend if they cancel it. The NHL helps their bottom line once again. So the the league should be happy. The players, it's not the same, but it's something that you're giving the players, showing them that, yes, we do care that you didn't get to go to the Olympics. By that point, August, hopefully, again, this is all hopeful because we didn't know that the COVID-19 pandemic would still be this bad at this point. But hopefully the pandemic is in better terms, at least. And you can resurrect Team North America. Obviously, that was a huge hit in 2016. The the jerseys, the roster, the three-on-three overtime that Nathan McKinnon beat Team Sweden. All of that was really well done by the National Hockey League, and it was a lot of fun to watch. So it gives you a chance to resurrect that, which obviously, if, if you don't remember, that was the best players from all of North America from the age of 23 and under. Now that team featured... Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Jack Eichel. I mean, those guys, that that roster was ridiculous. I mean, Matt Murray at that time was on that roster, but he was also Stanley Cup champion. Matt Murray, like we said, in, in August of 2016, he was in between championships. But now you look at that team. What would that team look like in 2022? Players like Cole Caulfield, players like Alexi Lafreniere, a goaltender like Spencer Knight, Trevor Zegras. Brady Kachuk would still be eligible. He'd probably be the captain of that team. You get both Quinn and Jack Hughes playing on that team. You can make a very, very fun Team North America for the August of 2022 World Cup of Hockey. So that is that is my solution. I think that's a great solution because I think that would be extremely fun to watch. Obviously, everybody has to eat a little crow in that. The NHL players don't get to go to the Olympics and represent their country Um, The National Hockey League has to cancel the All-Star Weekend. But I think this is a solution that, honestly, fans would like, players would probably have fun with, and the league would also benefit from there. So I think cancel, or at least don't go to the Olympics if you're in the NHL. 
cancel the all-star weekend, go through this season, try to make sure everybody in this current landscape is safe, is healthy. And then next year in 2022, August have another world cup of hockey. I think that would be a lot of fun. I thought it was, I thought it was a hit the first time they did it. I thought they did a great, great job. Well, not the first time they've done it several times, but uh, first time bringing it back in 2016, I thought it was amazing. So definitely, I think that that would be a great idea. Six years later, bring it back. I like that idea. Secondly, when it comes to international hockey, you know, if you have an itch for international hockey and the Olympics is what you were looking forward to, the World Juniors is uh, going to be enough for me, and that starts in nine days. Nine days we get the World Junior Championships. The World Junior Tournament, I should say. I don't know. I don't know which one it's called. I think it's called both. But with World Juniors coming up, that's going to be an exciting tournament. Always is, every year, and I think it's underrated still among hockey fans. It's the best young players across the entire world in a really fun-styled tournament. So, USA, obviously coming in as the defending champions. Yeah, take that, friends from the North, especially the ones on the Hockey Podcast Network. USA is trying to repeat as champion for the first time in the history of World Juniors. So that obviously, you know, Canada can throw back in our face that we've never done that. We're also very sorely behind them in gold medals. But we are the defending champs in USA, and they're looking to go repeat for the first time ever, and realistically, they have a good they have a good roster. I like it. Returning a couple important pieces from last year, obviously going to have to take a step up, because last year you had, obviously, the likes of Spencer Knight in net, you had Trevor Zegras on that team, Alex Turcott, Arthur Kaliev, those guys won't be going. They're all playing in the National Hockey League. Cole Caulfield also was on that team last year. But you have a lot of good players on that team. You look, Matty Beneers was a big part of that team last year. He's probably going to be the leader for Team USA this year. You have Jake Sanderson on the back end. Brett Berard is also going to be returning. But you're also adding guys like Luke Hughes is going to be playing in this tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what Luke Hughes can do for Team USA. I understand you lost a lot of guys. But Team USA, I don't know if they're the favorite. I wouldn't say they're the favorite. I would, I would again, put that with Canada. But Team USA has a good chance if they can put it together. They have a lot of young talent there, a lot of very interesting talent there. I think they have a chance that they could repeat this year. I would still, like I said, that my favorite is still going to be Canada. I mean, they look like a powerhouse. They're looking for gold medal number 19. So obviously they have the most gold medals of any country in world juniors. So they're looking for number 19. Their their team is stacked, but their team is always stacked. I mean, they, their team was more stacked, I feel like, last year, and Team USA was able to beat them. So Canada, I mean, Cole Perfetti, Jake Neighbors, Kent Johnson, Shane Wright, Connor Bedard, Mason McTavish, Owen Power. If these names sound familiar, it's because they're basically all from the top five of any NHL, of the last couple NHL drafts, or they're projected to be in the top five of the next NHL draft. These guys are all ridiculous. You know, obviously Kent Johnson was a top five pick playing for Michigan right now. Owen Power, first overall selection in the last draft. Shane Wright, who is going to be and is expected to be the first overall pick in the next draft. So, yeah, Team Canada, if I had to place money down, I'm going with Team Canada. But my heart still says Team USA. And I'm going to be rooting for Team USA, obviously, because I'm not a traitor. The tournament all begins on Boxing Day, December 26th. So get excited because we are less than 10 days away from the start of the World Junior Championship. So if you have an itch for international hockey, 
There it is, right there. I'm going to take a quick break. When I return, we will be doing the Hockey Hotbed, three stars of the week. I'll be right back. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and opportunities. Let's finish off the show. Let's finish off the week of podcasting here for me. If you don't know, I also host the Tip of the Iceberg podcast with my good friend Nick Horwat. We cover the Pittsburgh Penguins every Monday and Thursday, as well as this podcast that comes out every Tuesday and Friday here at the Hockey Hotbed. But I'd like to finish off my week of podcasting doing the Hockey Hotbed, three stars of the week. And I'm going to continue that right now. Third star. Let's go out to Colorado. Colorado Avalanche have been on a heater as of recently. You know, slow start. Didn't start the greatest. But Nazem Kadri has been great this year. I mean, a lot of players have been in and out of the lineup for the Colorado Avalanche. Nathan McKinnon missed the beginning of the season. Gabe Landeskog got suspended and then missed some, a little bit of time. And they just haven't been able to put it together. But now that they're starting to get it put together, it certainly helps to have a guy like Nazem Kadri a little bit lower in your lineup, yet still fourth in the National Hockey League in scoring. This week, he hasn't scored a goal. But he does have four assists in two games played. So, a good week for Nazem Kadri. So he gets the third star here. 11 goals on the season. 38 points. You know, if you're Toronto right now, you're kind of kicking yourself. Because this guy is exactly what you would have needed. I don't know if they could have afforded him. And, you know, it's been so long, it's kind of hard to go back and do revisionist history and say, Oh, yeah, Toronto would love to have him. But Toronto's also doing really well right now. Nazem Kadri having a career year. Like I mentioned, fourth in the National Hockey League in scoring. So great to see from Nazem Kadri. Nazem? Nazem? I think it's it's Nazem Kadri. For at least what you hear most of the time is Nazem Kadri. So good week for him. Good season for him. And a good week for the Colorado Avalanche who are soaring up the National Hockey League in the Central Division standings. My second star of the week is going to go to Nashville. It's going to a goaltender. Uh, I don't do stars for goaltenders very often because, you know, goaltending is voodoo. Uh, as my good buddy Nick Horwat always says, goaltending is voodoo. So it's it's kind of hard to judge, and they're up and down. But my second star of the week is Nashville Predators goaltender UC Soros. Nothing unbelievable this this week. I mean, he's 3-0-0, a 1.33 goals allowed average, a 9.55 save percentage, and one shutout. Those are very good numbers. It's nothing, you know, miraculous. But it's extremely, extremely high-level goaltending by UC Soros. And he did it all of last season as well, which is a main reason why Nashville was able to make the postseason last year. And this year, he's back at it again. The Predators right now have the NHL's leading active winning streak with a six-game winning streak. And the Nashville Predators, I mean, they're surprising me 
They're surprising a lot of people. You look there and a lot of players are having really good years. Specifically, I mean, Philip Forsberg has been on a tear since coming back from injury as well. So I could have easily slotted Philip Forsberg in here, but I just want to highlight UC Soros as well. Because this guy is a guy that right now is getting Vezina conversations. He's getting in the conversation. And I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a finalist, especially if the Nashville Predators finish in the top three in the Central Division. I would have no problem slotting UC Soros in there as a top three goaltender in the National Hockey League this season, especially if he's playing the way that he's played in the past week. Like I mentioned, you know, barely allowing more than one goal a game, has a shutout, and he's just he's winning hockey games for the Nashville Predators. Absolutely phenomenal performance from UC Soros. My first star of the week, there was only one name that I really thought about for first star of the week this week. And realistically, I, he should have been a star last week because he has been on fire since returning from injury. And you could see how much the Vegas Golden Knights missed having this guy on the ice. And my first star of the week is Max Pacioretty for the Vegas Golden Knights. Five goals, two assists, and three games played for Vegas. This guy has been on an absolute tear, especially goal scoring. He's been on a scoring tear since coming back from injury. And Vegas, another one of those teams similar to Colorado, a lot of expectations coming into this season. Gets a, a rough start. They're missing some players, obviously. They had White Cloud out. They had Stone out. They had Pacioretty out. I'm a broken record because I feel like I've mentioned that on basically every episode. But now that these guys are all back, not to mention the fact that they have Jack Eichel on his way back, will probably be back sometime after the turn of the new year. The Vegas Golden Knights now back into a playoff spot already. They're back in the top three. They've passed the Edmonton Oilers who have lost. Well, they did lose six straight. They were able to get a win on Thursday, thankfully for them. But the Golden Knights right back in the conversation. And it's due in large part to the fact that Max Pacioretty has come back with a vengeance. And the Vegas Golden Knights in their last 10, 7-3-0 in their last 10 games played. They're a good team. They're going to be a tough team to beat come playoff time, and they're going to be around there. I'm very, very intrigued to see what they look like once Jack Eichel comes back. Obviously, everybody wants to see how Jack Eichel plays in the first place, coming off of that neck injury and that neck surgery. So we'll see what happens with all of that. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for lending your ear. You can follow us on Twitter at Hockey Hotbed Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at The Hockey Hotbed. And we now have a Facebook page. So if you like consuming your social media via Facebook, you can now find us there at Hockey Hotbed Podcast. So follow us on all that. No, also, if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you very much. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good weekend, hockey fans.